if you're listening to this right now, it's because you're a fan of best hour of their day and probably me, but not so much Fern. That tends to be the norm. But if you are listening, we just want to ask you for one favor. Please support us on Patreon. Patreon is where we put some bonus episodes up. It's really the only thing we ask for. We've been doing this podcast for two years now, and we do it because we have a love for fitness. We have a love for helping others, a passion for developing other people and helping them become the best possible coach that they can be. And and we do it because we love it. We don't ask for anything, but we are asking that you support us on Patreon. It's $6 for the price of your fancy frappuccino with hazelnut syrup or whatever it is you get over at Starbucks. You can support the show. And as we get more and more supporters on Patreon, by the way, it's patreon.com forward slash best hour of their day. We're going to be adding even more. Right now, it's a free bonus episode where we answer all of your questions, but we plan on putting so much more out there, exclusive and early content, access to things that you know everybody else doesn't get. So once again, we don't ask for much. So if you love the show, if we're helping you, chances are if you listen to this show and you're a coach or a box owner, we've helped you make way more than $6. And not only that, we've helped just make your life better, whether we entertain you or whether you've implemented many of the awesome things we talk about here on the show, check it out. If you don't, you know what? You can keep listening to the show. You can keep tuning in on a regular basis. Yeah, we put three episodes out every week. You don't have to support us on Patreon. We still want you to listen, but if you can, we appreciate it. We are here because we are dedicated to helping the entire CrossFit community. Determined to elevate coaches, box owners, athletes, and everything in between, we believe that this mission will begin right here, right now. While this time and this goal begins with you, our hope is that you take this fire ignited within you and weave it into your own life with the same unrelenting passion to give those you have the privilege of coming in contact with the best hour of their day. It's Friday. And you know how I can tell it's Friday, Fern? How can you tell it's Friday? You're drinking. You're drinking at two. How do you know? How do you how do you know I don't drink Monday through Thursday? <laughs> that is true. I, I can't be certain what's in your Yeti every day, but right now I can tell it's not coffee. Of, it's not coffee. <laughs> a can of beer in front of you. So oh. hey, it's just another indication, like I said last time, you're doing things right. If you can't drink at two o'clock on a Friday at your affiliate, you know, what's or- the point? Or that everything's falling apart. And this is that meme of the, of the dog <laughs> sitting in the burning building. It's like, this is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing is fucked. Nothing is fucked. But w- w- you know, what great time for you to be drinking beer, relaxing on a Friday. When we talk about this idea of you're offering too many things. Because if you're offering too many things, if you're diversifying too much, if you're keeping yourself busy and not productive you will find time to work where you, on the other hand, have streamlined things to the point that, hey, it's Friday afternoon. 
I'm having a good time here at the box. And you work just worked out, right? I did just work out. Yeah. So, I mean, you're taking the entire day off pretty much. Mm, no, well, the back half of the day. So I, I coached, so I coached, uh, 6 AM. Then I did some cleaning in the gym immediately after that, had a PT session at eight, taught the nine, did a PT session at 1030. And then I was done. How often are you getting up early to coach that morning class? Once a week. What time do you get up? 5.15. Walk me through Fern's morning from the alarm goes off. On a, on a 6 a.m. coaching day? Yeah, I want to hear kind of what happens. Oh, it's quick. Uh, the, I mean. alarm, the alarm goes off at 5.15. I turn it off and go back to bed until 5.23. You do one snooze, an eight-minute snooze? I do a nine-minute snooze, and then I, <laughs> and then I get up. I sometimes I'll have like prepped my clothes for the morning. Sometimes I haven't, but either way, I don't have that many clothes. So I grab whatever I'm going to put on for that day, get dressed, you know, make sure I'm not looking like a hot mess. That takes, I don't know, five to eight minutes. Then walk out to the kitchen, grab my bag, make a cup of coffee, start the car. And I'm usually at the gym by 545, 550. So Take within the lights on. 22 minutes of getting out of bed, you're at the gym ready to coach. I, my life, my geographically, I have designed things so that it is convenient. <laughs> um, That's just too fast for me. I don't like getting up early, but I also don't like rushing. I would feel like my entire day is on defense. Uh well, that, that's a, that's not a normal day for me. So that's an abnormal day. So like my, everything else for me, like getting things done falls to the back half of the day. If I was going to do anything at all, the, so that is like, I'm just getting up to coach class. You know, I'm a, I'm just like a, like on Fridays when I do, when I have like morning sets like that, I'm just like a normal dude. Like I'm not doing business owner stuff. I'm just coaching and I won't do anything else or worry about anything else until I'm done coaching. Cause like, you know, that's four hours of coaching prior to 1030. That's two classes and two PT clients. Yeah, it's a nice morning, um, busy morning. And then, you know, a little cleaning because I wasn't like super happy with like the, the floor. So it's just like, mm, this bugs me. So I listened to a, like a couple podcasts. I was cleaning the floor and then did PT and, and then jammed on. Uh, I did like 30 minutes of computer work in between two PT clients, but just like hanging out. Um, chatted with Lindsay a little bit. We shot some video content between, uh, yeah, like 1130 and then. Um, but, uh, not necessarily like home office it asks us to do, but like kind of it asks us to do. And then, yeah. And then I'm pretty much done. I mean, we have calls, but you know, my obligation to the gym was done at 1130. And now you're drinking. And now, well, I worked out at the noon, so I jumped into the noon. So I were, I was done. And then I like hopped into the noon. But you got to make quick. your own yeah, decision. You got to do right. something. Yeah, so yeah, the, uh, but I think that's the military kind of aspect of me, which is I like, I don't need a lot to be functional. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fully alert within five minutes of being up. Like I don't need a ton with regard to like fully alert go. for you, which is, you know, significantly less than the average person, but you were at full power. Right. It's relative. It's like relative intensity. It's a relative intensity. Relative, uh, relative um, energy. Words. 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 Relative energy. What is Lindsay doing again? 
just being awkward over here on the side. What a weirdo. Yeah. What a weirdo. Yep. She's yep. dancing. She's like, one day I'm going to be on the show. <laughs> She's going down the steps now. <laughs> take, tell her to take the elevator. Take you guys, the elevator. Yeah. If you, um, there she is. <laughs> if you if you want to see this, if you want to see Lindsay in action, head yeah. over to our YouTube channel. But let's talk about this idea that boxes are, are doing too much. You're doing too much. I've been there. You've been she's, there. She's laughing at me now because I'm drinking. I guess, I guess it's weird. Um, we've, we've both been there in the sense that as a box owner, you can busy yourself and you can put things on the calendar, the schedule. You can continue to create tasks for you and your staff. But in reality, I kind of look at it like nutrition is the foundation of, of fitness and health. You know, CrossFit workouts are the foundation of your box, meaning if all you do is have, you know, your four to seven classes on the schedule a day, call them WOD, call it CrossFit workout, whatever you want, you're doing enough. Potentially, right? So, so again, nuance has to be applied to this conversation. So what we're not suggesting is that diversity should not exist within your business structure slash model, right? What we are suggesting is, the number and types of services should have a significant amount of thought put behind them. One of the major mistakes that people make is try to spin off services that have no real kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Value, necessity. Not, not value, but like overlap with your core service. So like PT and and CrossFit group classes. Like there's a natural overlap there where one can go to the other and vice versa. Um, weightlifting specialty courts like we have, like we have here with CrossFit, same thing, very natural overlap. Um, the kids CrossFit natural overlap. The, what else do we do? Nutrition, natural overlap, recovery services, natural overlap, yoga, not so much. Right. And that's not to say that yoga is not a good add on, but if I'm talking about yoga in the context of going to a yoga studio, the vibe, the class structure, all of those things, and then a CrossFit gym, they don't match at all. Same thing with like spin. Um, very little overlap there. Not to say that you can't do them in the same spot, but like very, very difficult. Like you're talking about polar opposites here with regard to demographic, with regard to price point, with regard to coaching services. So that that is more along the lines of what we're talking about is like you start to chase other things because they you see things like Soul Cycle or whatever, any of these orange theory or anything like that that do that have that are big revenue drivers. And you leave your core offering at the expense of this shiny object. And I've I done this. I've done this probably six different ways. Oh, as have I. I mean, I've had a full schedule where every night's a different specialty class. And I, I think yoga is one of the best examples because more and more boxes are trying to implement that. And, you know, one thing I've really worked on, it's like if somebody offers it and they do it better for you, then you can do it just send your people there. Like there's a yoga right. studio in your town that a is better than whatever you're going to offer on your dirty floors with loud music going on in the background. Right. And, and B, if you, if you stop by and, and speak to the owner, you can probably work something out, either a discount for your members for sure. 
or you know a kickback. I would start everybody. with the staff. I would start. But I wouldn't even go with the members. I would start with the staff. Like give your staff some some bennies. Yeah, and and you're going to benefit from that without any headache. So yeah, and people are like, "Well, I like yoga." And I'm like, "Well, listen, like like yoga all you want, but I've I've seen this work in only very specific scenarios. Meaning, the yoga kind of studio that was housed within the CrossFit space, and you have to have like a a, a much larger than average space in order to make this work, because the yoga studio has to be completely separate from the CrossFit space. And, and I don't mean like there's a wall there. I mean like not like they can't even share an adjacent wall oh, yeah. just to work out correctly. The box I coach at here at Ralston Creek, there's a yoga studio, but it's a separate entity. Right. You know, you walk into the same lobby, you go left, you get to the yoga studio, you go right, you're at the box, different people own it. It's mm -hmm. great. They're sharing their space that you know, I'm sure it's helping for both of their rent, but it's not the CrossFit running a yoga studio. And I've tried it, you know, and then it's, you're, you're basically offering really shitty yoga because there's banging of weights going on. There's, you know, 80s rock being played. Not that you can't do yoga at 80s rock, but, you know, you're not getting the, the chill namaste vibes of a yoga studio if you're trying to do it at your – and, and not to mention, you're just taxing the system. You're just adding one more thing for somebody to be doing. So that, that is probably the, the linchpin of the argument that we are making here, which is it's too much when your core thing isn't even dialed up correctly. You know, so if you're crushing it and you're just like, hey, we have this separate space, we're going to put a yoga studio here, I'm going to hire a full time yogi in here. And then we pop the hood on this bad boy, we look at the finances and it is cash flow positive and it is absolutely a revenue maker. Well, listen, pat yourself on the back. I'm a fan. But that's typically not what we're talking about. You know, we're talking about somebody who's like, oh, we're going to put it on 7 p.m. on a Wednesday and we're going to charge for it. And, and that, that it will work for like two sessions and then it will not work and then it will fall through. And like, and I do know this, and, and this is not a shot at either one of these kind of genres. However, if you talk to enough people in the space, what you find is a lot of yoga instructors and spin, inst uh, spin instructors are what most owners would call flaky. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been there. I wasn't the flaky one, but I've been there running an aerobic schedule for a gold gym and for other Globo gyms. Man, people would call out that. I mean, I used to have to sub in all the time. And, and it, it doesn't look bad on them. It looks bad on you as the box owner. Exactly. No one's calling exactly. them. Why aren't you there? They're, they're calling you. I, th I think one of the bigger issues to, to discuss is box owners feel like if I take a step back and chill and enjoy what I've like reaped the benefits of what I've created, I'm either lazy or complacent where, and not every box even gets to that point, but I've been there. You've been there where there's nothing wrong with just being like, I built this thing. It's making money. Let's enjoy it. Well, that that's if it's going well. Typically, you know, I would, more often than not, the, the scenario would be the other way, which is somebody's trying to build revenue in the gym. And the solution to build revenue is offer way more things and way more things while doing it, and, and this is how I like to describe it when people call and they want to talk to us about like Affiliate U and what we do and all that stuff. If we think about CrossFit gyms and how the vast majority of them are running currently or the people that kind of figured it out and then are running it better is I have 
multiple ideas that are all built and exist in their own silos. Retail. Oh, I got to order some shirts. That happens over there. Like, uh, we should sell some supplements. Let's do a pre-order some supplements. Um, maybe we should put an event over here. Let's do that. Uh, let's throw an oh, let's throw yoga after open gym on Sunday and see how that goes. And it's all done with this idea that if I just put a bunch of stuff in the room, that somehow it'll all magically meld together and become this living organism. And that's just not how it works. Like that's the bizarre that we re that we referenced earlier, right. which is a totally different model, right? That's, that's a, a widget, right? People are buying like things. This is, this is a service industry. We're having relationships. All of those things are great ads to your box, but they need to be removed from their silos and built in a manner that have natural overlap to each other so that when you when you kind of like open up this box and you show it to somebody, be like, when this happens, it goes to here. And this is why we do that because then we're going to take it over here and do that. The problem is almost nobody can connect those dots because they haven't designed it that way. But it's like, stuff, let's do things, right? Like, Let's build bunk beds so we can have just more room for activities. And you're just like, okay, I mean, cool. Just, you know, no power tools, Dale. Like, I don't like, that's, that's kind of what it's like. Yeah. And you, know, and, and you have to think of bigger businesses, you know, as you were saying that you think of any retailer, they're not like, Hey, men's retail is here. Women's is here. Apparel's there. It's, it's all, you know, whether it's, Hey, this is our fall line. This is our winter line, or, you know, we should release this bag to go along with this, outfit, you know, if you think of like a Lululemon, you know, they're thinking bigger, but then CrossFit's think very small and you're absolutely right. You need to coordinate all of that and you should have a plan. It shouldn't just be, Hey, we haven't ordered shirts. Let's do shirts. Like, no, is this your, it's, you know, September, we do our fall line in September, which right. means we add a hoodie or a beanie to it because winter is coming and just think bigger picture. So, so that, that, that's a larger discussion about like your calendar and having intentional overlap on things. And this is something like I've been helping several of the boxes that are an affiliate you right now with is like, they're starting to get it right. They're starting to put together the plan. And now we're just starting to move the pieces on the board so that we can dual purpose things. And I'm like, okay, well, let's, instead of doing four things, let's do one, but put all four of these ideas in one box, right? So that they naturally enhance each other. So that's one thing. We're kind of talking about services where people want to spin off. And obviously Stu was just on the podcast and he's got a different model, right? So he has spin in his, or he used to, I think he still does in his gym for urban movement, but that was designed that way on purpose where I've seen very few gyms that have spin in there because that overlap doesn't really work. Like it just doesn't like it's again, for so many reasons, or they're going to be, you know, like any number of like kind of spin-off ideas and they're built in silos you know like oh we're gonna do strength and conditioning and i'm like i'm not saying don't do that but again the the core problem is they're not built with intention so that they're add-ons and there's a very clear path from one to the other well and i think and that that's the problem and one of the problems is box owners forget the reason these people are coming to your affiliate to begin with. It's like, I love CrossFit because in an hour I get everything I need. Now you're telling me I need to do spin or I need mm -hmm. to add a yoga class. All of these things are just, you know, taking away from the beauty of what CrossFit is short, you know, simple and effective. Mm -hmm. And 
it's it's the wrong solution for the problem. So if we just if we if we keep asking questions, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? Eventually, the it's 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 no different than when a client comes in and like, why are you here to do CrossFit? And if I ask enough questions, typically about seven, it almost always, almost always comes down to like, I really just want to look better naked. Okay, mm. cool, got it. Bravo, sir or ma'am. Like I'm down. We've got the solution. Right, and when we're talking this when it comes to like revenue why are you trying to do all these other revenue streams well it's because you're not making enough for revenue right and those other things are not the problem primarily because your core thing needs improvement yeah. and this is and this is goes back to the you know essentialism which is like improve your core thing first when your core thing is crushing now you can figure out how to lay something else on top of your core thing. Yeah. And, and when you say crushing, what I think of is, okay, you want to offer more. You want to offer, be it spin, be it yoga, or any specialty class for that matter. Answer the question of, are you maxed out in what you can bring in for your core thing? I.e., you know, are you out of floor space and or times? And B, are you maxed out in what you're charging for that? And well, if you're like, not, or or a more or a more meta question is that is that a unique skill for you, right? And if it's not, you could be like, well, I can hire somebody to do that. Well, then I have a whole separate question: like, is management a unique skill for you? Are you a high level manager of people? And if you're not, well, then this isn't going to work for so many other reasons because you're just going to need to manage more. So stick with your core thing. Improve your core thing which is CrossFit. If you're an affiliate owner, you're talking about this, it's CrossFit. Let's figure out how to improve that. Let's figure out how to beef up everything that supports that so that that is the fuel that really drives the business and all the other things that we lay on top of it, retail, supplements, PT, nutrition, like all these other, whatever, whatever your flavor of choice is, aid the core thing. But again, what usually happens, so like boot camp is a good one, right? If you can design something uh steve pinkerton does this really really well and he's in concord which is uh crossfit vitality or vitality crossfit i can't remember um former games athlete i'm pretty sure but regional athlete for a long time good dude but he has he has both of these that exist in the same building and he smashes but if you talk to Steve, he's not just a big burly Marine who just kind of like lucked out. He's a smart cat who put all of this together over years so that both of these programs have natural overlap and feed each other. You can't just like stand up a boot camp and hope that it just catches fire because what it's going to do, one, it's going to siphon, right, siphon off of your existing base and then... It's typically priced wrong. So now people go from paying one, we're just making up numbers now, 150 to 95 because you priced it wrong. So you cut your average client revenue by 30% because they just want to do this other thing. And you didn't think any all that through. You're just like, oh, if I offer this, people will just like just magically walk in because we made CrossFit Rife Bootcamp. And what's the transition for those that actually join the bootcamp to right. make it to the box? Because that's why you're offering bootcamp. Well, that's why you're offering it. And so they haven't thought about all of these things, which is they should be here for X number of months. At this point, this is when we, you know, proposition them to move. 
or they decide to stay there. Yeah, I mean, most people, like you said, charge less for boot camps. Where in reality, maybe we should be charging more. Keeping it, it should be it should be moderately less, like maybe ten to fifteen percent. But most people are doing thirty, forty, fifty percent cheaper. Right, but then also showing that there's a difference in the value you get when you go to CrossFit, so people don't want to go to boot camp to save the money. Right, and because they look at the and again, this is like you can use Orange Theory because it's kind of boot campy, but it's you know, it's a uh, station based, uh, circuit based. Um, but we could agree. And again, I have no beef with orange theory. I think they do a lot of things really well, but we could at least, we could agree that it's lower skill, right? Both as an athlete and as a trainer, they just low skill, lower skill, uh, far more personality based, right? You need a hype man, hype girl in there. Who's yeah, just basically cheer, right? Less teaching, seeing, correcting, more group right. management, presence and attitude. So people want to take a spin off of that or kind of a bastardized version of that and charge 85 to 75 bucks for it. When I'm like, well, Orange Theory charges 140, 150, 160 a for that A lot of service. places, yeah, even more in the two, more, you know, more than the standard CrossFit affiliate right. in that town. So that's one of the fundamental things is like, not only did I make a decision, which is coming off of my core offering to move to something that I have no idea how to do. And then I choose the wrong person to run it. And then I misprice it. Well, that's, that's why it doesn't work. And that's why it causes you a million headaches. And that's why it causes your core offering to suffer dramatically. So I, we're, I'm not opposed and we are not opposed to having multiple offerings. Because if you do this right, you can get 50 to 100 people in a boot camp style class in no time. I know plenty of gyms that have done it, but it needs to be done correctly. And it needs to be done after you've got your core thing dialed in. 100% on that. And let's take it a step further. You know, right now we're almost talking about something that's not associated with CrossFit, be it a boot camp. But let's talk about specialty classes, be it gymnastics, weightlifting, mobility. So many boxes. I, I see this one a lot. Like, ah, oh, six o'clock on Thursdays is really quiet. So let's make it a specialty class. I'm like, no one's coming at that time because no one wants to come at that time. It's kind of international rest day, if you will, for CrossFit. So why not take that hour off? It's like a box owner is afraid to take that hour off or maybe even two hours. And instead of adding more where you'll get great turnout week one, less turnout week two, and no one on week three, hey, there's nothing wrong with Thursdays you're done at five instead of seven and enjoy it. Go spend some time with your family. Or even worse, they add this specialty course, don't charge for it, but then pay somebody else to run it. Yeah, and three people show up. The same three or, people that would have been there or, every other or, day. Or a ton of people show up. And I'm like, there's clearly a demand here. So you could have charged for it and made... You could have charged for it and instead of paying this other person to run it. And, and now you're net negative several hundred dollars. I think... Because you just thought... Because you just... You just didn't... You felt bad about charging for it. And I'm like, well, if it's valuable, it's valuable. And you know how you find out if it's valuable? You tell people to pay for it. They'll immediately tell you if it's valuable, valuable or not. Yeah, they'll, they'll tell you the exact value. Yes, I'm willing right. to pay it, $100. <laughs> right. But I think a lot of box owners do this because they don't realize the value they provide simply with their foundation, going back to the classes. And they're always in that mindset of like, I need to provide more value because they'll go elsewhere because we charge X. And that just comes down to understanding and knowing your value, period, at your affiliate. This is going to make some people a little butt hurt. Do it. Do it, Fern. 
but I, so I think there's, I think that is a mixed bag. So I don't disagree with you, but I do think realistically, if we were to like lock people in a room and say, I'm going to ask you a question and you, and I'll never tell anybody. Many people know the value that they're providing is not that great. And that's why they won't charge for it because they don't run their classes on time. The coaches aren't that great. The facility's dirty. And, and I want to be, I want to be perfectly clear about what I'm saying right now. I am not shitting on those people. I've been there. I've seen those gyms. They're good people. They just haven't figured out how to improve what they do. And if we were lock them in a room, sit them down, chain them to a chair and be like, I'm going to ask you a question. The only way you're getting out of here is if you tell me the truth and I'm never going to tell a soul. Do we agree on that? They're like, yes. And I'm like, do you think you're worth this much? Nine out of 10 will probably say no. And that's the problem because they don't know how. They don't know how to bring up the value. Yeah. They don't know how to improve it. And also I think people often project what they can afford. So in other words, if your box well, yeah, is Yeah, that's a whole nother psychological deal with regard to money. Yeah, for yeah. sure. You know, your box is charging 220, but you wouldn't be able to afford that out of your pocket. So you're like, we can't charge that. We're, that doesn't mean you're not worth that because you can't afford it, but you have to be able to provide enough value that you someone's willing to pay 220. People will there will always there since since the human race has traded things. There will always be a subset or larger subset or group or population or demographic that will pay for things that are valuable in whatever that currency might look like, whether it's bare skin or gold or rocks or cash or cryptocurrency or whatever. It doesn't matter. Bitcoin. You have Bitcoin for Bit- Bitcoin. I should have bought some damn Bitcoin. I don't know. Goes Can we talk down. about so I've brought this up years ago, like I mean, probably well over a decade ago. You, when I was you just were gonna like, start Bitcoin? That was you. No, I'm an idiot. There's I don't even understand Bitcoin in the, in the least. But the point is, I was just like, dude, I'm like, this is something, this is crazy, this is gonna be mainstream. And th- this is probably like 2004, 2005. Bitcoin was out back then? Yeah, yeah. And but it was like it was like super low-key. And but I was just like, and then one day I forgot I have to go back and I have to go. It's probably in my Instagram thread. I'm just like, I'm like, there was a, there was the Bitcoin bowl. And I don't know. remember what somebody could probably Google this. I don't remember what the first year that was the Bitcoin bowl. And I was just like, son of a bitch. And I was like, this is going to be a thing. They just sponsored a college football bowl, which wasn't cheap. And oh, like the this is going to blow. Or the sugar bowl. Like- it wasn't. No, it wasn't like yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, but that's 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 different. But this was like one of the lower bowls. But however, it's still a. Hey, bowl, maybe we'll right? get the best hour of their day bowl one day. I mean, it'll be. We got to get those Patreon subscribers up. Some Division Four <laughs> colleges. <laughs> we a JV anyway, high school team. Right, but the but I was just like, damn, and now Bitcoin's worth like thirty seven thousand dollars. Some crazy. But it fluctuates. So I worked a seminar with Greg Martino like five years ago. He's like, Jay, you gotta buy Bitcoin. And I was like really about to, and then literally the next day it dropped and like plummeted. But then of course, like it's like the stock, it's like the stock market, right? Like had you bought a thousand dollars of this is this is an insane. I was talking to a a a personal training client of mine who was uber successful, was nine figures. He was like, had you bought one thousand dollars of Bitcoin ten years ago? Everybody, like if you stop driving your car, stop whatever you're doing, <laughs> it would be worth $275 million right now. That's crazy. That makes me very <laughs> upset. 
So, <laughs> if, hey, we'll put it out there now. If anybody wants to invest a thousand dollars in best hour of their day, right? It'll be worth two hundred and seventy-five dollars. <laughs> yes, at least minimum. Minimum in ten years, we will lose all but some of your money. So, but anyway, where, where we're going with that is just like it is value, right? Just like there will always be people that will that are seeking out value. Like that's just society in general. Like everybody is that lives in this scarcity mindset. We're like, well, nobody's going to pay for that. And I've, I was talking to Marcus when he was here and we're just talking about that. We're just like driving around like in Virginia beach. It's like, it's a beach town. Like there's just like a bunch of beach, you know, bums, like whatever. And there's tons of those and it's great. And it's the locals. But if you drive back in some of these neighborhoods on the water, I'm like, what do these people do? They're like 16,000 square foot homes on multiple acres on the water. I'm like, who are these people and what do they do? And there's not a small amount of them. There's just Whoa. like hundreds of these homes. It, it's, it's funny too, because, you know, with Affiliate U, we work with boxes really all over the world, but I would say probably, you know, 70 to 80% currently are in the States. And, and a lot of them are like, you don't get it. My town, you know, it's not a huge, you know, dem- I'm like, it's, it's the same thing that we've discussed with like transient towns. Mm-hmm. No, your town isn't a transient town. People are not moving any more or less than any other town. And people are making, I don't care where you live. It, there are people that can afford this and there's boxes, you know, that are charging 80 or $90 a month. Cause we don't get it. It's not a very affluent town. No, it is. You're just not appealing to those people. And I mean, you and I, since, starting affiliate you have gotten probably at a minimum 50% of the boxes we work with to increase their rates. And those boxes were afraid and all of them have increased their rates because we've showed them the value that they have and, and that there is a demographic of people willing to support it. And going or, on or, that, the, or, the, or there was no value and you show them how to build and create value. Right. So they're just like, Oh, we do it. I'm like that. that and, and so I have told many gym owners, I'm like, that's not valuable. The way that you just showed me that it is by its very definition, it is not valuable because it's just blah, right. It's milk toast. And, and if, and that's the problem, right. Is there's a disconnect be, between what they are offering and what its value is. And then they need to figure out how to bring up the value. And then they need to figure out, figure out how to communicate it. And we've talked about this before. But in many cases, kind of talking, referring to what we're talking about today, it is the value f- fails to uh, kind of manifest itself because I keep getting distracted. I keep getting pulled off of the core thing instead of just doing your one thing really, 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 really well. Um, and this sounds crazy, but it doesn't take as much as people think to create that value, right? Like you don't have to be a level four trainer. Like that helps, coach. but that's not I'm what we talk. Right. Level four coach. Right. You're a trainer. Uh, I, you could be a CCFT. You're a right? CCFT. I'm a CCFC, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. Um, you're a joke. That's what you are. The, um... <laughs> but wait, let me say one thing that I was Go going ahead. to say earlier. We, we've helped these affiliates increase their rates. And I, I shit you not, I don't think one affiliate has lost one member yet. Well, that's because, so you, what you can't do is just raise rates absent of like increasing the value. That's just a shitty move. I don't yeah, know. No, but, we've, but I'm just saying, if you're an affiliate owner and you're listening, 
that could be you. We can help you increase your rates. It could, but in my you personal know. opinion, you sh- I don't think you should ever talk about increasing rates absent of the conversation about increasing value. Like that's Oh, just, but yeah, that go goes without saying. We're going right. to provide that as well. Yeah, so I don't want I just want to, I don't think it does go without saying. So I don't want anybody to walk away just like I'm just going to raise my rates and I'm like you can't just raise your rates and offer the same shitty stuff. Like that Like I said, it, go- it goes with saying. Yes. Right. So that that I think is kind of the one of the fundamental pieces that is missed there is like I need to do I, I need to really dial up the the value and if you do this right you will Im- immediately see the ROI. So for instance, we had a we had a guy come in because we've talked about this a couple of times in the past two weeks that it, like it's been oddly busy for right now, which is whatever I'll take it. So much though, like we're trying like struggling to get people in in the week. Like there's just no time slots. The um, struggling to get people in as far as fitting them in, not getting right. people to show yeah, up. Yeah. You have too many. No, no, people no. To show yeah, yeah, up. no. Yeah. Too many people. So, um, but we had one guy come in, and uh, we kind of took him through the console. We took the sales process, take him through his his onboarding process and all that stuff, and then has since in one week referred four people who have all then showed up. And who all said the same thing. So then it's this cascading effect as you go through, which goes back to, it's just like dialing your core thing, make sure that it works the way that it's supposed to so that those referrals don't happen by accident. You dial it up really, really well because this is the one thing that we do. And then we tell them about the referral. And then if you do this really, really well, you will get referrals within one week to four weeks. Like it, it, like it happens to us all the time. It just goes back to showing that value to that first person. Right. And then putting the tools in their hands and like, again, dialing in your core thing, which is like, all right, if this is what we do, what is the best possible variation of this that we could possibly create? Right. And and that's, and that's always evolving, right? But you're constantly tweaking and dialing and trying to improve it. Well, let's give some box owners some tangible information. You know, we've thrown a lot at them. Here's what I would say, you know, and then chime in what you think. I think first and foremost, they need to really, you know, we've talked about this in Affiliate U, but it's that idea of eliminate, automate, and delegate. And I think they need to eliminate the secondary stuff that's not providing that value. They need to automate some of the things that they don't think can be automated. You know, for example, uh, when, when birthdays populate, so we know to send out cards, you know, have automating even your social media by scheduling out in advance, and then they need to delegate. But Really, I think what it comes down to is box owners need to be content with growing their box to this lucrative thing with the foundation of CrossFit workouts and and growing that before worrying about, hey, we're going to add 10 different things that not only just suck up your time, but devalue your box and add stress to your life. So I give you one of them. One of them and is very common is like a barbell club. Yes. And listen, I'm all about some barbell club. We have a massive one here at CrossFit Rife, East Coast Gold. Check them out. But I don't recommend that for everybody. Most people have a barbell club of like, when we ask, I'm like, how many people in the barbell club? They're like one to five with an average of 1.7 people. So that is a waste of time and mental energy and focus that could be placed elsewhere that will help you improve your thing. So if you're running a barbell club and you don't have like some sort of premium upsell service, whether it's nutrition, personal training, or your onboarding process is not dialed in tight, I'm telling you right now that barbell club or that thing that you're doing is part of the reason why that other stuff has not been dialed in is because it is taking away your mental bandwidth to focus and hyper-focus to get that thing fixed. I know because I've done it nine different ways 
And I'll double down on that by saying some of the people that leave CrossFit for that barbell club are actually going against their goals, but it might be easier for them. So they wind up leaving. You know, in other words, you get an overweight dude who struggles with CrossFit because it's harder and there's gymnastics. You're like, hey, you can move this barbell and you're going to be a lot better at it, but you're probably not going to lose weight because you're going to be convinced I can eat whatever I want, but just be strong. And then you're not going to hit your goals. You'll maybe hurt yourself. You'll maybe just get frustrated and then you'll eventually leave versus had I improved this core offering of CrossFit workouts and was smart about implementing nutrition, discussing those things. This guy would have been a lifelong member and actually hit his goals, become a raving fan and recommended 20 other people to your box. And and this is, and this is before we discuss the fact that that barbell club is also not your thing. Most more often than not, that that is not what you're good at. And even the coach who's running it, that's not really what they're good at either. Like they're not what we would consider a good weightlifting coach. And I am going to have Phil on the show to talk about that because to, to somebody who just likes weightlifting and then to just give them a barbell club, let me just state this right now. No, do not do that. That is, they are not a good coach. They're just not. It's, same, it's no different than the CrossFitters. Like, I really like CrossFit. I'm good at CrossFit. And you're just like, cool, you should be a coach. Also, terrible idea. Because when they go to teach the muscle up, they're like, all right, everybody get on the rings and pull yourself to the top. And you're like, <laughs> that p- couldn't possibly be worse. That was literally the absolute worst version of that that we could ever describe. So that, again, it's just not a good idea because you're putting people over here, you're charging them any amount of money for something that is quite frankly, not that good. And the programming is only one portion of that. And if you're taking programming from somebody else and then giving it to those clients, also not great. Fully with agree. regard to weightlifting, you know? And, and I think a lot of people, you know, get into CrossFit, they've been doing it for a while, like, oh, I really like this barbell thing. And they kind of get distracted by the shiny keys, the, you know, squirrel. But then they come back to CrossFit because that's the foundation. That's what they love. And now you've set yourself up to have to coach this barbell thing that you don't even have a passion for anymore. And listen, I can talk about this at a painful detail. Also, because we do it well here, like, I'm just going to be honest with you. That shit is expensive. Yeah. The weights. Alico bars, competition plates, all that. If you're going to do it well, like you got to switch everything to kilos if you're going to do it right. Like you got to make platforms. Like, yeah, I, like the weightlifters, quite, and I love them, dude. I could bring them all here and give them a kiss. They break shit. They're the worst, right? And I say that in the most loving way possible. They break everything. They're like big ogres and you give them delicate things and they break them. And, but still like, that stuff is expensive. You're going to buy one set of like kilo weights, not even, not even like IWF certified weights. You're talking about spending 14 to $1,500 for one set. Yeah. And you need 10 people joining to cover that. And that's not happening. Right. So, all right. So in summation, box owners focus on what you're good at when you, it's, it's so different than CrossFit master the basics. When you think you have go back and revisit them. The same is true at your box. You know, set the foundation. When you think you've done everything you can to make it great, go back and make it better. Hey, I got one for you. If you're a CrossFit gym, just do that, but better. So you never miss an episode of the podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and on all major podcasting platforms at best hour of their day. 
Thank you so much for tuning in and for being a part of the best hour of our day. See you next time.